0: Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You can learn more about the program and our church when you download our free Living Truth app. And now here's Pastor Michael's teaching in Colossians 1, 28 through 2, 7 called Complete in Christ. We are looking at a message this morning called
1: Complete in Christ. We're going to be looking at Colossians 1, verses 28 through 2 7. Before we do anything more, let's pray. Well, Father, we are grateful to be together on this special day. Each Sunday is really a special time to gather in your name, to celebrate you, to honor you, Lord, as the giver of every good and perfect gift. It comes from above, from the Father of lights the father of lights who made the world and everything in it made dads and moms he made families and lord it, it is very special to know that when you communicate your love for us and how we're to see the body and our relationship with you so many of those images are painted in familial terms and and those are ones that we can understand and we know that you know it's not always easy with family, but we know that family is a great blessing. Thank you for the body of Christ, for those who don't even have any family, but they have the family of God, they have a huge family all over the world, and we're grateful for that reality. As we look to, to Christ now and look to the power of your Holy Spirit, Lord, make us understand our position in Christ, that we are complete in Him, and bless our time, in Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. So first service was an interesting uh, service. We, I walked up here and my microphone wasn't working, and then the fire alarm went off uh, during the sermon. And so usually when that happens, we have a pretty good indication that something important needs to occur on that day. And we do have an enemy, and he is on the prowl, and I think he loves the art of distraction, But I'll say this to you. At the end of the service, I preached the message called Being Complete in Christ. And at the end of the service, a young man walked up. He had waited patiently. I talked to about five or six different people before he walked up. He walked up and he said, can I talk to you? I said, sure you can. We sat chairs face to face up here in the front row. He said, I was in my truck this last week. He said, "Uh, I'm going through a very difficult time. I won't give you all the details. But very trying time for him as an individual He said, I got in my truck, I flipped on the radio, and I heard this voice, and it was you, and you were preaching on 740 AM, and as I was hearing this, it it reminded me I need to get back to God, and I was thinking, well, maybe your church is in LA or something, and I waited to the end, and I found out your church is in Corona, and I live in Riverside. He said, it was very difficult for me to walk through these doors today, and it was very difficult for me to come up and talk to you. Well, that young man who heard the radio broadcast showed up at church. The message was exactly what he needed to hear. And he opened his life to Christ this morning. Praise God. So just know that when we talk about radio ministry or we talk about the power of the gospel, I always like to think of individual stories when I think of preaching. And I think of, you know, what the ministry is about. The ministry is about individuals. It's about individual stories. Now, as we've been looking at this church at Colossae, Paul uh, wanted to tell them that they had a special place in terms of their relationship with God. In Colossians 127, he said, God willed to make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. And we proclaim him, 128 of Colossians, admonishing every man and teaching every man with all wisdom that We may present every man or everyone complete in Christ. Now that's where the title comes, complete in Christ. And I think you and I would agree that most of us, if not all of us, and I think all of us, because this is the human dilemma, spend our lives trying to find completion. When our first parents fell in the Garden of Eden, they had a beautiful face-to-face relationship with God Almighty. In fact, God walked with them in the cool of the day. They were able to spend time with God face-to-face in unhindered fellowship. But something happened. Our first parents felt like they needed to do something else to find their completeness. And the devil came in and lied to them and said, oh, no, 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 no. God, God's trying to hold back from you. In the day that you eat of this fruit, you'll be as God's knowing good and evil. If they would have only known what that bite would have gotten the human race for generations upon generations upon generation, but they took the bait, they ate the forbidden fruit and it plunged mankind into alienation between God and man. We looked at the concept of alienation in verse uh, 21 when it says, and although Colossians 1.21, you were formerly alienated and hostile mind." engaged in evil deeds, yet he has now reconciled you in his fleshly body through death in order to present you before him holy and blameless and beyond reproach. So we went from alienation to reconciliation. We went from incompleteness to completeness. And that is what we are in Jesus Christ. Man, in his fallen nature, though, is incomplete. Um, Our first parents you know, made this mistake and now the reconciling work of Christ has brought us back. But in many ways, we spend our lives on a quest for completeness. A quest for completeness. And we might look for it in education. We might look for it in our careers. Many of us try to find completeness in our conquests on the sports field, for example, or in our careers. Many people find, try to find completeness in relationships with parents and children and link everything to people's opinions of what they think about them. And people are devastated if they, if they know of a negative opinion against them. And we, we do all this stuff to try to find completeness. This young man who came up to me after first service told me that, 5 or 6 years ago he said he was going to church on occasion on major holidays and 5 or 6 years ago he just stopped. He just stopped going to church. He said he just stopped everything. He stopped reading the Bible and he said his life has fallen apart since then and he d- he didn't know what to do. And I told him the simple formula of what to do. It's to come to Christ. I said, it doesn't mean that you can't pursue a good education or be good at your job, but all of that's gonna be frosting on the cake. It doesn't mean that you can't find a special place in all the wonderful human relationships. We should, human relationships add to our lives, but we don't find completion in them. Human relationships, we should add to other people's uh, lives. We should be adders and not subtractors, amen? But... The truth of the matter is, if you're trying to find complete, completion in your career or in your bank account or in your children or in your parents or in your conquests or whatever you want to name, you're not going to find it. Solomon, who was one of the wealthiest men who ever lived, wrote the book of Ecclesiastes. Scholars believe that he wrote it at the end of his life. And he wrote it as a warning to the young. And if you read the book of Ecclesiastes, what Solomon uses is a Hebrew word that means emptiness or Uh, that which is meaningless or even confusing. And he tried to achieve it. You know, they say he was probably the wealthiest man who's ever lived or on par with one of the wealthiest people today. He tried it with uh, education. He tried it with book learning. He tried it with building projects. He tried it with women. He tried it with wine. He tried it with having male and female servants. He tried it with everything. And he kept saying over and over again, vanity of vanities. This world, if you are disconnected from God, and that's the perspective from which Solomon writes, is vain. If you don't know God, your life will ultimately be vain or empty. It doesn't matter what you accomplish because you have an expiration date. It's on the bottom of your foot. Have you ever seen it before? Just check the bottom of your foot. There's an expiration date. You're gonna live so long. And what you're gonna really take with you is what you did on this planet for the the kingdom of God. In him you find completeness. Without him, you're going to be a hollow person. A rich young ruler came up to Jesus in the book of Matthew chapter 19, and he said, good master, what good thing must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said, you know the commandments. And he named some of the commandments, and and the man said, oh, I've done all these things since my youth. What do I still lack? And Jesus said, if you wish to be complete, Matthew 19, 21, Go and sell your possessions, give to the poor, and you shall have treasure in heaven, and come and follow me. But when the young man heard this statement, he went away grieved, for he owned much property. You know, what he thought was gonna make him complete actually was his undoing. What he thought was gonna make him uh, complete made him incomplete. You can see some of the most shallow people who have all the possessions on the planet, and they're about as hollow as a person as you can find. Depth does not come from worldly achievements. Depth depth comes from being complete in Christ. Now, when you have the foundation right, certainly everything else can be frosting on the cake. You should work hard. You should do well at your career. You should try to take care of your family and earn a good income. You should try to be educated. You should do everything you can. But I will tell you this. The ultimate endeavor, endeavor is to try to make others complete in Christ. And this is what Paul's mission was. He says, we proclaim him, Paul proclaimed the gospel, 128, admonishing every man, three times you're going to see the phrase in verse 28, every person or everyone. Uh, He said, teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone or every person complete in Christ. That was Paul's mission. That was Paul's purpose. Interestingly enough, a man who was once a Pharisee, a very committed Jewish religious person of the tribe of Benjamin, if you interviewed Paul before he became Paul and was Saul, and you asked him, what do you think of Gentiles? What do you think, Paul, what do you think Saul would have said? Uh, most rabbis did not have a good perspective on Gentiles, which is really just non-Jewish people. In fact, the rabbis often taught that Gentiles were simply fuel for the fires of hell. They didn't want to eat with them. They didn't want to spend time with them. And Paul's life mission became all about presenting Gentiles and Jews complete in Jesus Christ. And that is the mission of the church, by the way. We use these methods. We proclaim, 28. We admonish, which has the idea of warning and exhortation. We teach. That's the word didascalia or didactic teaching. And we do it for every person. That every person may be complete in Christ. The goal of ministry is to present people complete in Christ. You can be complete this morning in Christ. Don't think that you're the exception. Sometimes people hear stuff like this and they say, I'm the one person this is not going to work for.
0: Is that you? You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment.
2: Thanks for tuning in to Walk in Truth today. Did you know there's more where that came from? Download the Living Truth app to listen to more of Pastor Michael's teachings whenever you want. You can even watch videos. And if you're local to Southern California, you can get updates on church events, new studies, and more. Download the free Living Truth app today. Hey, Pastor Michael and the team really appreciate you listening to Walk in Truth. It's our goal to bring you the truth of God's Word and help you apply it to your life. To equip you when people in your community have questions, not to throw the truth in their faces, but to have an answer for the hope you have inside you. Would you please help us with something? Would you please reach out to us today to tell us how Walk in Truth has been a blessing to you? We have a church board, and they would love to hear from our listeners. They want to know how this ministry is reaching you. We would love to know how Pastor Michael's messages have helped you day to day, or even just this one time if you're a first-time listener. Please take a couple moments to either call us and leave us a message or email us. The number is 844-48-TRUTH or you can email us at contact at walkintruth.com. That's 844-48-TRUTH, 844-48-TRUTH or contact at walkintruth.com. And thank you so much and God bless.
0: We'd love to see who's listening. So please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram just do a search for in Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance right here on in Truth.
1: The rabbis often taught that Gentiles were simply fuel for the fires of hell. They didn't want to eat with them. They didn't want to spend time with them. And Paul's life mission became all about presenting Gentiles and Jews complete in Jesus Christ. And that is the mission of the church, by the way, We use these methods, we proclaim, 28, we admonish, which has the idea of warning and exhortation, we teach, that's the word didascalia or didactic teaching, and we do it for every person, that every person may be complete in Christ. The goal of ministry is to present people complete in Christ. You can be complete this morning in Christ. Don't think that you're the exception. Sometimes people hear stuff like this and they say, I'm the one person this is not going to work for. Is that you? It'll work for everybody else, but I'm never going to be complete in Christ. No, it works for everybody. Everyone, every person, every woman, every man, young or old or in between, you can be complete in Christ. Amen? That's what the Bible teaches. Now, the word complete is a word that we need to dig out a little bit. In the original language in the Greek New Testament, it's teleos. If you're interested, it's T-E-L-E-I-O-S. The different versions of our Bibles translate it differently, but the basic definition, if you look it up in a Greek lexicon, means growth, mental, and moral character, to be perfect, complete, or adult. And so when you read English translations of the New Testament, they go in two different directions: teleon or teleos. The Greek word for perfect or complete is sometimes translated with the word perfect, and I'm quoting from Douglas Moo. He says, Neither of these translations of the word quite captures the sense of the word. Neither perfect nor mature captures it. Perfect is too strong, mature is too weak. Rarely does the word in the New Testament have the sense of our English idea of perfect with its connotations of absoluteness. Mature, on the other hand, is too relative inviting us to think that we are teleos as long as we are doing a bit better than some other Christians that we could name. Teleos connotes a quality of being so wholehearted in one's devotion to the Lord that one can be said to be blameless in conduct. Schweitzer puts it well. He says, to be teleos, or complete, is the complete and undivided way in which a person with all one's positive and negative attributes is oriented toward God, toward God, or toward Christ, close quote. To be complete is to be moving in a direction where one's life is oriented directionally toward God. It does not mean that you're not going to have your hiccups and skin your knees, but it means that you are a man or woman, who nobody has to guess where you're going. Nobody has to guess where the train is leading. You are oriented toward the God in whom you have placed your faith and the kingdom of God. Matthew 6.33, we based the 6.33 service upon it, is seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and what? He'll add have, he'll have all these other things to you. So we could talk about the other things, Possessions and worry and food and clothing, and what are we going to do, and what are we going to eat, and what are we going to drive? But that is shallow, my friends. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to have a shallow or showy walk with Jesus Christ. You can have that. I don't want that. I want to have deep roots with Christ. And it's going to cause me to examine my own walk with Christ and ask some deeper questions like, Am I going through the motions? Or am I a truly devoted follower to Christ? In the Old Testament, there's a Hebrew word, tamim. It's the Hebrew equivalent of this Greek idea for teleos. And tamim is a, a word used of Noah. In Genesis 6, 9, it says that Noah was blameless in his generation. and He found favor in the eyes of the Lord. Now, Noah wasn't sinless. But in his generation, he was a righteous man. He was a man who you didn't have to guess what Noah was about. And in fact, when Noah was given a building project, which was quite a project, by the way, to build an ark, he had probably never seen rain. He was probably a hundred miles inland. He honored God and he began to build an ark. He was a man of faith. Extra biblical literature says that people ridiculed him every day. He was the opening, you know, monologue joke uh, that people, everybody, everybody said, oh, nutty Noah, you know, tapping away at the ark today. Hey, Noah, what do you think today? Go ahead, say something wacky. <laughs> <laughs> but Noah tapped and preached, and he nailed nails and preached. And he really condemned his generation. He was a man who believed God. Am I? Are you? To admonish someone, you know, the tools that Paul would use to make people complete are found in verse 28. He admonished. What does that mean? That means he warned. That means it has the idea of setting right, uh, a corrective influence on someone it, it, it is it, to lay on the heart of someone. It's a word often used of the raising of children. Sometimes we have to be admonished as Christians, amen? Sometimes we come into church and it's like, ow, stop stepping on my toes. Foo, foo, foo oh. These belong to you, Pastor Michael. No, they don't. They are yours. You may keep them. Arrows come at us. The sword of the Spirit hurts Sometimes, you know, people describe, they, they say, I've been away from God and I go into a Sunday service and I feel like that preacher has a copy of my diary. I do. I steal them from your nightstands late in the night. No, I don't. In fact, when I first was going to church, I thought the pastor of that church had a copy of my diary. The problem was I didn't have a diary. And so the word admonishment has the idea of warning. And Paul was warning them against the false teachers in Acts 20, 30, 31. He said, I have not ceased to warn you day and night with tears. There's gonna be men who arise from your own number who will try to lead you away from the true Christ and the true message. Imagine Paul as he went around, around the Roman world uh, implementing these things, admonishing, teaching with the goal, verse 28, to present everyone complete in Christ. See the word present there? It comes from the the Greek word peristemi, which is a technical term for the presentation of an offering of an animal without spot or without blemish. And Paul's singular goal was to get everybody to a point of maturity so he could present them to the Lord as his offering. Go to Romans, just a few pages back, Romans 15. Romans chapter 15. Look at verse 15. Romans 15, 15. Paul had not seen the Roman church face-to-face, nor had he met the Colossian church face-to-face, but he wrote letters to them. And to the church at Rome, Romans fifteen fifteen, he says, I have written very boldly to you on some points, so as to remind you again because of the grace that was given me from God, to be a minister, Romans fifteen sixteen of Christ Jesus to the Gentiles, ministering as a priest the gospel of God, that my offering of the Gentiles might become acceptable, sanctified by the Holy Spirit. Paul saw his life moving inevitably toward a moment in what scholars would say is an eschatological sense or a last days or a Bema seat, final judgment idea, where when he stood before his Maker, what he would present essentially to God is people that he had won to Christ. In 1 Thessalonians 2, just flip over there, it's a few pages to your right. 1 Thessalonians 2, as Paul addresses the Thessalonian churches, he says these words. He's talking about his relationship with the church and he says, 1 Thessalonians 2, he talks about the spiritual battle that Satan got in the way and he says 2.19, 1 Thessalonians, for who is our hope or joy or crown or exaltation? Is it not even you in the presence of our Lord Jesus at his coming? For you are our glory and our joy.
0: You've been listening to Complete in Christ, part one on Walk in Truth. That's Pastor Michael's teaching in Colossians 128 through 27. Remember, if you missed any part of today's program, you can listen to Walk in Truth on the Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, thanks for listening to Walk in Truth on this station and on your podcast app. If you'd like to watch recent messages or church services with Pastor Michael and the Living Truth Congregation, subscribe to our YouTube channel, Living Truth Christian Fellowship. You can find the channel and learn more about Walk in Truth on our website, walkintruth.com. Now here's Pastor Michael.
1: Well, as we move through Colossians, we're talking about a message called Complete in Christ. But you might be saying, I don't feel complete. I feel incomplete. I feel like up and down. Uh, some days, maybe you would say, honestly, I feel empty. How can a believer that's complete in Christ feel empty? Well, I emphasized feel because our feelings or our emotions are not the best barometer for truth. You know, our emotions go up and down depending on our circumstances, how we feel physically, emotionally. They're not the best barometer for truth. But you might ask, well, then what do I do when I'm feeling empty? Well, you go back to the truth of God's Word. And maybe you need to get filled up with that Word, with prayer and opening to a psalm or something like that. And just stand upon the promise of who you are in Christ. Sometimes the enemy whispers lies to us. Sometimes it's our flesh. It's just the way we feel. But your feelings should be the caboose. They should not be uh, leading the train. So go back and stand upon the promises of God who has promised that he began a good work in you and he will complete it. Hey, I want to invite you to our midweek service at Living Truth Christian Fellowship, where I serve as senior pastor. Hey, we're in the city of Corona. We do a midweek Wednesday night service at 7 p.m. It's a smaller service. It's pretty casual, but we go through the Word of God, and we're going to be in the book of Malachi, and we're excited to study this book, and won't you join us? We're at 1009 Arsenal Way in the city of Corona, right off the 91 Freeway and Lincoln Avenue. Now, you can call us for info and driving directions at 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH. We'll see you here. God bless you. And we'll see you tomorrow.
0: And join us tomorrow for part two of Pastor Michael Lance's teaching in Colossians 128-27 through called Complete in Christ. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.